Hi, it's Kate Brownfield from ADHDKidsCanThrive.com. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, please like, comment, and share as it will help others find the ADHD Kids Can Thrive podcast. Today, my guest is Roxanne Fouché, Director of ADHD Awareness Month Coalition. The month of October is ADHD Awareness Month, and Roxanne agreed to join me for today's podcast to share insights and resources galore related to ADHD. Please enjoy our conversation. Let's start from the top. Um, You're representing ADHD Awareness Month, which starts officially on October 1st, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. Tell us... um, what does that mean and how can a parent of an ADHD benefit from it? So tell us all about ADHD. <laughs> okay. Well, as, as you said, ADHD awareness month is in October. Um, every year we have a different theme. This year's theme is moving forward with ADHD. And we want to do that as parents, as adults with ADHD, always moving forward, learning more about ADHD. So, so, Um, ADHD Awareness Month Coalition has three um, members here in the States. It's CHAD, which is Children and Adults with Attention Deficit Disorder. Um, uh, It's ADA, which is Attention Deficit Disorder Association. And it's ACO, which is the ADHD Coaches Organization. So the three nonprofits in the U.S. And then we partner with ADHD Europe and CADAC, which is the Center for ADHD Awareness in Canada. And okay. so all of us are working together to, to make ADHD um, Awareness Month a global event um, because ADHD isn't just in the U.S. It's it's seen all over the world. And do you find that people all over the world are looking for resources and support? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And so, you know, it's, it's really hard when you think recognize that ADHD is part of the picture. When you Google ADHD, it's like drinking out of a fire hose. There's so much information. And unfortunately, there's a lot of that information that's incorrect, it's misleading, or that you can get so overwhelmed, you don't even know where to start. And so our goal with ADHDawarenessmonth.org is to educate the public about ADHD by sharing reliable information based on the evidence of science and peer-reviewed research. Yeah, okay. And how could somebody get involved with ADHD Awareness Month? I always think too, like orange is associated with ADHD Awareness (laughs) Month. Okay. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And honestly, I don't know why I think it's maybe, you know, Halloween pumpkins. I don't know where the orange came from, but the best way to get involved with it is to share information about ADHD from reliable resources so that other people can benefit. This could be family members who just don't get, you know, why, what's going on with that kid of yours, you know, or school personnel. Um, it could be sharing information about, you know, about some of the resources with your pediatrician, because unfortunately, pediatricians may not know, maybe uh, attending uh, to parent support groups, um, maybe talking with uh, colleagues and friends, because the more that's known about ADHD, the um, the more, uh, the more it, 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 it helps everybody. 
Okay, it helps the people with ADHD and it helps the neurotypicals of the world to understand, you know, what's going on with this person. It, it reduces the stigma and it helps people move forward toward getting the supports that they need. Yeah. So people could download, print out or share fact sheets and other information. They can share social media posts. There's a, a lot of good ones from ADHD Awareness Month or through organizations like CHAD, which is the chadd.org, or, um, or ADA, ADD.org, which is an organization for adults with ADHD. So, so the other thing that people can do to get involved is to really think about how ADHD awareness, although it's it's you know designed for really you know, ADHD awareness month is really just October. Um, ADHD awareness is something that we need to happen all year round. It's yeah. not like okay in November now we don't don't think about it anymore because ADHD doesn't go away. You know, it's not a. I mean, it's a twenty four seven thing. Right. So we need to be aware of it at all times and bring in people, you know, the, the ADHD awareness month. I mean, what we're really wanting to do is to target people who are beginning that ADHD journey. Okay. And wonder whether ADHD is part of the picture for their child or for themselves or somebody else in the family. You know, these are people who may have misconceptions or don't know, you know, what, what to believe or whether, whether they should be listening to these common myths about ADHD we're also targeting people who have a diagnosis for themselves or for their child or both maybe and want to understand more of what ADHD is or isn't, as well as those adults and professionals who want more updated information. And so that's where that's where ADHD Awareness Month can come into play in terms of being a resource for people, you know, at all levels of understanding. Um yeah. And, and then, you know, ADHD Awareness Month extends, I mean, ADHD Awareness extends past the month of October. So um, people can share information about the annual um, international conference on ADHD that is in Baltimore, November 30th through December 2nd, um, or uh, online December 5th through 6th, um, clearly of this year. Yeah. Okay. So if parents or professionals wanted to do a deeper dive into ADHD, they could go to those conferences, either Absolutely. online or in person. Exactly. Okay. I have a lot of parents who um, listen to this podcast. And I think part of the, um, you know, the difficulty of raising a child with ADHD is that the school isn't always on board with understanding what ADHD and how that affects their child. Mm -hmm. So um, how could a parent um, use ADHD Awareness Month and the resources that you have to try to help get their teachers and school more on board with accepting and working with ADHD kids. Yeah, well, you know, some schools have like disability awareness fairs, things like that, you know, where you know, they might find a local professional to talk about, um, to talk about ADHD. I know that I've gone into local schools and talked um, with the students um, 
and with uh, with the teachers who come in, you know, to supervise the kids at these disability awareness fairs. And that's pretty cool to be able to do that. So it yeah. brings awareness to not only the children, all of the children, but then also the, all the teachers and adults who are attending that. Some parents can go into the classroom and talk, um, you know, about ADHD or, you know, sometimes I've seen parents because we know that with ADHD, they're, they're often co-occurring issues. And yeah. so it might, I've seen parents go in and talk about Tourette's, for example, you know, because their child has ADHD and Tourette's. So they've gone into a particular classroom and just given a quick little synopsis of what it is and raise awareness that way. But you're right that, that unfortunately, I mean, even in this day where there's so much information out there about ADHD, I've heard teachers say to me, um, you know, I don't believe in ADHD. That's yeah. just a, an excuse. And, and that's so sad because it's, that's not what it is at all. And so if you can't understand what ADHD is, and you can't accept that it is, uh, it is not an excuse, but an explanation for behaviors and difficulties, how in the world can you set children up for success at school or after school? And that's where the awareness comes in. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there is a, there is a parent-to-parent -parent, uh, training through chad.org, um, but there's also a teacher-to-teacher -teacher training through chad.org. Um, and now I th there's a new one, adult-to-adult -adult, um, oh, training. Yeah, yeah. To, to, to understand more about what ADHD is, what it isn't, you know, to dis dispel those myths that are out there. And there is a lot of misinformation. It's really unfortunate. There was a, and I'm probably going to say it all wrong, but there was some research that came out last year about, um, about the, the, research that uh, the, the research that came out last year was about the the veracity of the information on TikTok. And so, you know, people sharing information about ADHD on TikTok, how true is this is this information? And more than half of the information was either out out outright wrong or it was misleading. And so Okay, you know, that's significant. It is. So, so if you're using TikTok as your way to get educated, that might not be your most reliable source. Exactly. So <laughs> that's where ADHD, you know, and there's nothing wrong with TikTok. There's, it's lovely that there are a lot of people talking about ADHD, yeah. but we just have to be careful of where we're getting our information, which is why you really need some reliable sources like Chad, like Ada, like, um, maybe the Learning Disabilities Association, you know, these national nonprofits who really don't, don't, you know, who really are focused in on providing really reliable information. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, it's, it, you know, you said, what do we as parents do, you know, maybe talk, you know, having a, uh, maybe printing out some things or giving some resources to the teachers, if there's at a, maybe people are at a 504 meeting, or maybe they're at an IEP meeting, this would be a good time to just say, yeah. let's just talk a little bit about this. It, you know, being very open about this is what I know about ADHD and this is a, this is what I know about how ADHD is impacting my child. And it changes from day to day, from class to class, from teacher to teacher, from year to year. It shows up differently. 
Um, and so being able to be, you know, really open about, let's talk about this and not have this something, you know, put aside and, and just trying to get to the brass tacks of, you know, let's get through this meeting. Right. And let's just try to get your kid through school. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The the other thing that that people might do is to talk to the school about supports during the school day or after school for all kids. You know, we know that that many of the kids with ADHD have difficulty with social issues. And so, you know, maybe making sure that there are friendship clubs or other similar things at the children's school. You know, maybe people can uh, hold Chad meetings at, at, uh, at the school sites, but anything, you know, the more that there is awareness of ADHD at the school sites, um, the more supports there are for the kids, more understanding and, yeah. and, 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 and easier it is for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. Okay. So Roxanne, you're an ADHD coach as mm-hmm. well as the director of this coalition. Mm-hmm. Um, can you explain to us what an ADHD coach is and how that could help a child? Uh, with okay. ADHD? Um, yes, I am an ADHD coach. I've worked with uh, people with ADHD all my life with different hats. I used to be an educational therapist before being an education, uh, an ADHD coach. So, um, but ADHD coaches are trained life coaches with additional training in assisting children, teens, and adults um, with ADHD and executive function challenges. So it can be offered one-to-one with a young person or maybe with a family or maybe in a group. Um, For students, ADHD or executive function coaching provides support, structure, and accountability as the students learn to do things like set goals and manage time and begin tasks, work toward completion, um, organize, prioritize, sustain their focus, maintain life balance, develop self-advocacy skills, things like that. Um, it's not tutoring, okay? Although with increased executive function strategies, students often do better in school. It's not therapy, although success, it you know, I'm having more success at school, I'm having more success with my friends and in my family, begets other success. Um, and it's an upward spiral. So people um, will build self-esteem and self-efficacy, you know, that sense that they can do something, but it is definitely not therapy. It's not tutoring. ADHD coaches work in concert with other professionals. So we're in contact with with permission from the, from the clients, right? With psychiatrists and therapists and school personnel so that we are working toward, toward the same goal of happy, uh, happy, healthy young person or adult thriving with ADHD. Okay. And how often would you meet with an ADHD coach? Typically people are meeting once a week or sometimes twice a week. Um, okay. And typically coaching um, is, you know, a minimum of about three months because it takes that long to develop these very individualized strategies for the for the the young person or the family and then put them into place long enough for them to become habitual. Yeah. So, okay. you know, I, I always say I'm working, you know, my goal is to work myself out of a job so that when I, I'm no longer w- working with you, you are self-coaching. You're not accountable to me. You are accountable to yourself. Yeah. Okay. And if somebody's like, I, I want an ADHD coach, how do they find one in their area? Okay. Um, the, the, there are a number of uh, places that always 
online that go back to the ADHD coaches organization. And there is a directory of ADHD coaches um, that's vetted by the ACO. These are trained ADHD executive function coaches who are skilled in addressing the needs of children, teens, college students, or post high school students and adults. And so people can do a search for the area, for the, the type of coach that they're looking for, the area of concern, the age, those kinds of things. Okay. Is that ACO.org? No, it's ADHDcoaches.org. Oh, ADHD. Okay. Yeah, ADHDcoaches.org. And there is that directory of ADHD coaches right there on, on the uh, front page. Of click. Okay. And is a lot of coaching, I'm just curious, with um, since COVID, is a lot of the coaching online now versus it's, in person or is it both? Um, it's mostly online. And honestly, okay. that's a great thing because then you can be working with, you know, you have a larger group of people sometimes, uh, you know, from which to choose. Yeah. Um uh, sometimes people will work in person, especially if maybe with a family. Um, but it just kind of depends. It especially for um, teens or for um, adults in the workplace, college students or adults in the workplace, having it online via Zoom or maybe it, um, on the phone if they're not driving um, is very convenient. It it just makes life a lot easier for everybody. Um, but you know, I know that I work sometimes with people in person or at least meet them if they're local to uh, where I am in San Diego. Um, I'll meet with them maybe one time in person, just so that we get to know each other a little bit yeah. and then move to move to Zoom. But most of the time coaching is done um, online. Okay. And is it like a 50 minute session, an hour? Um, it kind of depends on the coaches. Everybody does okay. things a little bit differently. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. Um, okay, Roxanne. So let's get into what is that why what is the impact of understanding that ADHD is a part of somebody's neurological dynamic mm-hmm. like why do we have to understand that as parents and teachers yeah community you know, members right i've worked with people with ADHD in a variety of roles in all my professional life and it's really encouraging to see the strides that people can make when they get the supports that they need so kids I've worked with, I've been a special education teacher, I've been a, a therapist, I've been an ADHD coach. These kids go on to graduate high school, they enter post-secondary education, maybe in trade schools or community colleges, four-year colleges, or go, go on to graduate school. They get and keep good jobs. They develop the ability to show empathy and compassion for others who struggle because they get it. And more importantly, they're productive and happy. They have a, you know, a beautiful sense of well-being. So it's really, really important that people know that ADHD is part of the picture. Once it's understood that it's part of the picture, it can lead to understanding and it can lead to self-compassion for the child or young adult. It can positively impact the family dynamics and obviously get, you know, help people get the needed supports that they need. So when people are aware of ADHD, they can begin to put those supports in place that are specific to the needs of that child or teen or adult. 
The gold standard is what's referred to as a comprehensive treatment plan that's in keeping with the individual needs of that person. So a comprehensive or sometimes it's called a multimodal uh, treatment plan um, really requires medical, educational, behavioral, and or uh, psychological intervention tailored to the needs of that individual. So for the K through 12 uh, child, you know, we're looking at maybe doing a medical assessment to check for hearing or vision or other medical issues that could be impacting because, you know, some of the difficulties with focus might be not that there's that there's ADHD that's part of the picture, but maybe there's, you know, slight hearing impairment or something like that. So being able to rule that in or hopefully rule it out working with the school to design supports um, that the child needs either through a 504 accommodation plan or maybe special education assistance with um, specialists in the form of a individualized education plan or IEP. Maybe that that uh, comprehensive uh, treatment plan might include parent training or maybe evidence-based psychological treatment for the child or for the family. Maybe medication might be part of the picture to address those ADHD symptoms and then any other co-occurring diagnoses that you know kind of come along for the ride. Um, maybe ADHD coaching is 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 added to the mix, you know, that that can be a, of a support to the to the child or the family. And then, you know, also lifestyle supports, you know, may, making sure that our children or ourselves as adults, you know, have appropriate nutrition and hydration, adequate exercise, you know, figuring out ways to do stress management, you know, having good sleep hygiene, and connection with others, you know, and for the K through 12, you know, clubs, sports, volunteering, depending upon the age, maybe friend group activities, things like that. So that so the people, you know, can once you have that understanding that ADHD is part of the picture, either for yourself or for your child or for multiple people in your family, as yeah. can sometimes happen, um, you know that you know you you are designing a life that that is worth living. That you are allowing people to thrive with ADHD. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so as we wrap up, done quite a bit to support people of any age with ADHD, what is your wise words of wisdom for parents who (laughs) are maybe they could be in the beginning, the middle um, of their journey, you know, Mm -hmm. with their child, what would, what would you share with parents who are having a hard time? Okay. Well, as my son used to say, ADHD runs around in our family. So I get the special (laughs) joys and challenges of living with in an ADHD family. But there are lots of things that we can do as parents. I mean, I think there's so many things, but, you know, recognize your child's interests and, and strengths and foster them. Okay. I mean, we don't want to ignore the challenge areas, but we really want to give children the ability to explore their interests and passions and give them an opportunity to shine. Maybe school isn't their thing, but give them an opportunity to shine out on the sports field or in a chess club or on, you know, on the stage, whatever it is, you know, it provides a reprieve from challenges that they might face. We, you know, we want to have open communication with our children so that we listen to what they have to say and what their perspective is. It's really important, especially as they get a little bit older. We want to provide consistent routines and flexible structure. Kids need to know what to expect, okay? They have less stress when they can predict what's going to happen next. 
and we know what the routine is, we can help them with the transition to the next activity. It's a the next meal, leaving for a certain place, things like, you know, a different activity. Um, if kids ha are little, you know, maybe having a list, maybe written out with words or if they're pre-reading, uh, pre-readers, maybe with pictures, maybe a, a laminated checklist so they can mark it off for the morning routine or, you know, before they go to gymnastics or something. When kids are older, in, you know, invite them to be part of developing that structure together because there's more buy-in if they're involved. You know, we want to be realistic about what to expect, what, you know, our children um, develop a little more slowly. So, you know, maybe 30 percent uh, more slowly uh, um, brain wise. And so we want to be realistic. You know, don't treat a 10 year old like a 10 year old. Treat them who they are, recognize where they are and treat them accordingly. We want to notice and celebrate their successes, acknowledge their efforts, not just the results. You know, it's like not, oh, good job. You got an A on that test. It's wow. You know, you really gave 100 percent, things like that, because yeah. our kids aren't always going to get those A's. But that but if we can support their efforts, they're going to continue doing that to get to get those kudos from us. Um, we as parents need to learn you know, ADHD is is something that continues. There's much more research every year. So to keep up to date with what's going on with ADHD and any of the co-occurring uh, conditions, you know, what what is new, that's through chat support groups, conferences, talking with therapists, other providers. And for us as parents to seek support for ourselves, okay, to have compassion, recognizing that we need to put on our own oxygen mask, you know, so that we have the wherewithal to help help our families. Um, you know, I, I wrote a blog post once it was called Parenting by the Seat of Our Pants, you know, <laughs> and that's really, it doesn't matter what our, our background is, that's all we're doing. We're doing the best we can given the situation that we're in and the information that we have at the time. So, you know, just put on our oxygen mask, be self-compassionate, you know, and remember, you know, as hard as it is, is to, you know, watch our kids have difficulty in school and maybe having behavior challenges or getting frustrated or whatever. It's that much harder for them to live it. You know, so, yeah. you know, I'm seeing them having this tantrum on the floor and it's just like, and it's so frustrating, but at the same time, I can't imagine being in that position to have to be on the floor having that tantrum. So, you know, recognizing and having compassion for them. And then, you know, recognizing that as frustrated as it can be sometimes, we need to appreciate the opportunity to love this special kid, you know, their antics, their excitement, their goofy ways because childhood goes fast. Yeah, it does go fast. What is yeah. it that the days are long, the years are short? <laughs> I love it, I <laughs> right. love it. So just relish the opportunity to, to, to spend time with this kid, no matter what, they, what age they are. Wonderful words. Thank you, Roxanne. Thank you very much, Kate. It was a pleasure to talk with you.